what I'm getting ready to speak to you about this morning is probably um, in the top five most difficult categories I could ever pick from the Bible to preach to you about. So what I want to do is I want to ask I want to ask God I want to ask the Holy Spirit to just begin to speak to us that we can all take from this sermon what we need to take from it. Uh, sometimes when you hear a message or you listen to a podcast or hear a sermon, uh, it's very difficult to grasp the whole idea of what the pastor or the preacher was trying to say. I'm just going to ask God that we that we all hear what we need to hear this morning. And by the way. Um, I don't know that if you noticed, but I can't have worship like that and not already understand that God is good. So I want to ask him to give me strength uh, and for us to all hear uh, about this message. So just pray with me real quick. God, we love you. Uh, we're so thankful for you and your word. God, you know what I'm speaking on. You know the, 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 uh, the passage of scripture that we're going to be in. And God, I ask you that uh, we all are taught this morning, all of us, that we all can take away things that we need to work on. God, help us uh, to have a clear mind and a clear heart. And uh, if we take notes, we take notes. And if we want to come back some things, God, to study later, that we do that. But God, we just ask for your spirit, which is already here, to just just... Just intermingle with us. Just hang out with us and let nobody that leaves this morning know um, that, that you can do anything that you want to do in their life. God, anything is possible. In your name we pray. Amen. I don't always do that. I, I don't do, always do that publicly. Uh, I do pray before I, I preach. And oftentimes if you see me, I, I, I notice this whenever I, I used to lead worship and and uh, my wife actually would go, she goes, do you memorize every song that you sing? And I go, I don't think so. And she goes, well, you never open your eyes. I'm like, really? I, well, I, have, a, I have a screen back there. And she goes, no, you never, open, you never open your eyes. And sometimes my prayer over here is during, is during worship while I sing. Uh, it's really cool about God is that he can hear anything that you say um, and however you say it. And I pray for the people up here, but I'm telling you, you guys needed a microphone on you today. I was sitting up here, and I get the really good mix of sound here, but I heard everybody just sing. Um, we, we worship a God that's worthy of that. We, we worship a God that is, uh, because of the things that he's done for us, deserves our praise every day. Uh, we're, we're in the third sermon of a, of a series called New Year, New, Op- uh, New Opportunities. Uh, the, t- the title of today's sermon is, is Which Way Do I Go?, um, this is one of the most difficult things to, to, to physically preach to someone about as a pastor to someone else because I can help you, but whenever God tells you and directs you in a way, uh, you're the only one that knows that answer. <laughs> you're the only one that knows where you're supposed to go. Um, Otherwise, people get, would make a lot of money. You know, I would just set up a little desk and you'd come down the aisle and you'd pay me your money and I would say, oh, you go here. Oh, you go here. Well, God didn't make us robots. Uh, he assigns us these, these jobs or these things. Today we're going to be talking about love. And I know that you think love is, um, you know, love is around the corner in February. Um, I'll, talk to, I'll talk about some candy that I ran into yesterday. I didn't eat it because of my own diet, but Walmart, if you need to have blinders when you go in, they already have Easter Reese's eggs out. Get behind me, Satan. Right? Yeah. They do. I talked last week, though. If you eat half a bag of them, they do have four grams of protein. So if you lift enough, it's still not a good idea. Okay? I tried to justify that to myself. It's still not a good idea. We are going to talk about love. Uh, Next week, I want to show you this. I'm going to take this question. I'm going to answer it two different ways, kind of. This Sunday, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Next Sunday, we're going to talk about, about our heart. And there's a difference between talking about love and our heart and, and what God wants to do with our lives. You're going to see 1 Corinthians 10.31, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. You're going to see that verse this morning. Next week, we're going to look at Psalms 37. And in verse 4 of chapter 37 in Psalms, says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your, keyword heart. Um, the psalmist is not actually talking about your physical heart. He's talking about your biblical heart, which is right here. Um, 
your mind and, and, and to try to discern what God is going to do with you. So in a crowd this big, there's no way that there's somebody that could really, really resonate with them about this, this first video, this, this girl um, who's having a very hard time. And if you're, if you're a Christian and you know that there's something wrong and you, and you attempt and try to go before God and pray, you, listen, you know what the problem is, you know that there is a problem and you know who can take care of it. So you seek God. Well, the problem is God does not always answer us like that. In fact, most times in my life, when I've prayed about something, I have not gotten that answer. I've gotten maybe a season of waiting, a season of doing different things. So when we start asking this question, which way do I want to go? Uh, who do you have for me to marry God? Who do you have for me to get in a relationship with God? What job do you want me to take? Which school do you want me to take? Um, should I buy three Les Pauls or only two? The answer is always more Les Pauls. Okay, always more. Okay. So, but which way do I do? What, 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 how do I go? We turn into the, almost this cartoon character um, that say, you remember the guy that says, which way did he go, right? <laughs> so we often ask God, which way am I supposed to go? But we found ourselves on our knees, and we're asking God, we're begging God, but every time that you pray, it seems your words come out of your mouth, they hit the ceiling, and they hit the floor right back down. And like, God, can you hear me? They might need to do a sermon series on on God, can you hear me? Because it's, that's a really cool thing to study about prayer life. But here's the deal. We are, we are looking at a very, very difficult subject. Which way do I go? Because I can't answer it for you. Your spouse can't answer it for you. Your boyfriend or girlfriend can't answer it for you. Your kids can't answer it for you. You have to answer. You have to find the answer. The answer comes from God alone. So which way? If you've ever, ever, ever truly sought out an answer to prayer like that young lady did, you, you know that the lines that she said, God, can you hear me, is very real. God, can you hear me? Can you, can you explain this? I've asked God to explain things to me or just to, that I can get an understanding of things before. And it's, we live, here's the problem, we live in an instant society. Okay? We have instant oatmeal. Okay, you, you go through the drive-thru and on the inside there's always a clock to say how long your car has been and they take an average of that and they always want to make it faster. You can go to a drive-thru. People, I'm not joking about this. You can go to a funeral, a visitation. You can go through a drive-thru viewing. Can we just let that sink, sink in? I'm, try, I'm, trying, I'm not trying to make light of this or be humorous, but what does the family do? Do they sit like a teller at a bank? Hey, and they just wave at you as you go by? And you're like, you, you know, ring the bell, okay, all right, you know. We've gotten so anti-personal. We've grown apart from having a relationship with other people, um, and that has caused some serious problems. It's affected the way that we love people. And I'm going to share with you something that you probably have never heard a pastor say. Probably not. At least here. This is not, you don't have to answer this question, I just want to ask you this question. Do you know how hard it is to be the pastor of Connection Church? Psycho hard. Well, that's not very nice. I go to Connection Church. Listen to me. Listen, it's not you. This is why it gets hard. This is why all of life and loving gets hard if you're a follower of Jesus. You ready? That sign permits every human to come through that door. In spite of anything that they've done, in spite of any color, race, nationality, or culture, despite anything, you might be a Republican voter, and you might be sitting next to somebody that does not vote Republican. Hey. I think you should vote. I don't care what you vote. Ask God how you should vote. I'm never going to talk about politics in here. But we allow all these things to come up. I had a conversation with Chris earlier. He's a Packers fan. I don't follow football enough. I'm just, I guess my family were traditionally Bears fans. Nothing to get excited about this year. So, you know, it's kind of like normal. But, you know, he, I mean, I'm just being truthful, right? But we, we can literally, listen, I'm not joking. I went to Wrigley Field, not because I'm a Cubs fan, I'm a Cardinals fan. I went to Wrigley Field. It's a beautiful stadium. It's old. It's beautiful. And I'm sitting there hanging out. This dude told me something derogatory to me. What? Watch. Because I had a different team shirt on than he did. I had a Cardinals shirt on. Here's the problem. 
The Cubs were playing the Cardinals. But he still thought it his job to tell me how much he did not like me. Okay? If you remember back when the Cubs won the World Series, I'm a diehard Cardinals fan. Got invited to go to Cardinals spring training to play, okay? So I get up here and I say, for all the people that have not jumped on the bandwagon but have been Cubs fans for a long time, congratulations on winning the World Series. I had friends of mine in this church that are Cardinals fans go, well, you didn't have to tell them that much in church. (laughs) We have gotten separated from so so much of this stuff. It's affected the way that we love people. It is very difficult to not only be the pastor, but to be a member, to be an attender, or to do anything with a church that says we love everyone. It is violently hard. Because someday, you may be sitting in church, and you may look out there, and one of your enemy people in your life will walk through the door. (laughs) Holy fireworks, right? Um, Pastor Matt, I want to volunteer to work with the kids forever, the rest of ever, so I'm never in here. You can't do that. We won't let you. <laughs> so which way do I go? If you have your worship handout, look, look at your worship handout, the first set of blanks. If we do not learn from our past, we will tend to repeat it. Pretty easy. Some of us have overcome some gigantic demons in our life. Some of us have, have gone over, have gone over uh, uh, getting over addictions, um, Pills, drugs, alcohol, whatever it is. We have, we, have, we have got over that. Well, what you understand is if you've been through any sort of recovery, I know some of you are like, oh, this is a weird church because the pastor's been through recovery. Yeah, one of my life things is I get angry, bad angry. I was never addicted to anything illegal, but I did have an attitude problem. Okay, I got angry a lot. But I know because I went through that, I know what triggers me. And I don't get around that. Okay? I stay away from that. Why? Because if I don't, I will repeat. I will go right back into it. If you've ever gotten over something or God has helped you get out of something, you know that there is kind of a line that's not drawn. But you, you don't want to get anywhere near that because you know that you would get sucked back. You know, I mean, we know that. We're, we're creatures of habit. We go back to what's comfortable. There's a reason that you eat comfort food. Right? I know somebody's like, amen, okay, I, yeah, that's good. But we understand what we have that. It makes us feel better. We go back to what is normal, what, what, we, what we find comfort in. But we are, we are being asked by God as a church to do something that's maybe not ever been done. Oh, boy. Where are we going, Matt? Are we going to Alaska? No, I'm not saying we're going to. I'm not going to go to Alaska. I'm going to challenge us and me this year, in the year of 2020, to use everything that you have, your vehicle, your house, your yard, I don't care what you have, fishing pole, I don't care what you have, but you're going to, we're going to ask God to use every single thing in our life as a way that we can, we can associate with somebody else and make a relationship so that one, one of those days, through, through God's guidance, we may be able to introduce that person to Jesus and they may get saved. That is hard. Do you know why? Because that doesn't just fall on me. Somebody goes, well, so I, I've got a call before. There's nothing wrong with this, okay? Um, Pastor Matt. I'll let you figure out who talks like that. I'm just, that's just a fun voice that I do. Pastor Matt. Yes. The light at the church is off. My smart aleck self has to go away. Because I want to answer, well, you got two feet? Walk your happy little self out there and shut it off, right? I'm at home, but I don't. The, 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 pastor, it, the pastor and the leadership team, the, they are not going to just be the ones that are going to do this. If it's just the pastor, just the leadership team, we don't do nearly what we do on a Sunday morning. It's so many more people. Some of you use the restroom here at Connection today. Ready? It didn't stink. At least the guys didn't. I walked into the guy's right. It doesn't, it doesn't smell bad. It smelled good. It smelled like somebody used Clorox and gain. Oh, my gosh. I love gain. Anybody? You like gain? Oh, I love gain. Except one time when I washed my deer hunting clothes in gain. Okay, deer smell really good. Okay, deer understand that gain is not normal. Okay, they don't come around you if you have gain on your clothes. 
oh, that was stupid of me. But anyway, if we do not learn from our past, which I did, I do not wash my hunting clothes in gain anymore, um, and we will, we will tend to repeat it. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 is where we're, we're going to be. It's in the New Testament. Uh, we're going to start in verse 19. Uh, Colton has been doing a really good job. He's in, I think, chapter 4. of He's preaching through the first part of 1 Corinthians. And if you, if you don't remember about the people in Corinth, it was a huge town, big population. It was a hub for trade. Okay? Real, very real place. Um, there's two words that described all the people in Corinth, most of them. Messed up. 100%. Why do you think God told, told uh, a lot of people that we needed to start a church-like connection? Because around our area, do you know what people are? messed up. Do you know what the people are that you're sitting beside? Messed up. Do you know what you are? You're messed up. I had a person ask me this week, they said, Matt, why, 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 why? You, you, you know, they, I love this. They start, they think I am some kind of genius because I'm a pastor and I have a seminary degree. Uh, pastor, you know the Bible. Okay, I know about the Bible. I know where you can find some things. And they just begin to ask me these huge, hard, awful, difficult questions. And I wonder, if they ever understand that I'm a real human and I'm messed up too. Or that they put people, we put people on a pedestal without even doing it. We just put them up there. So the, the problem is we're going to run into a word right here that contradicts our love. Okay? It can get our attention of our love. And it's this word right here. It's in the second line. It says idols. Paul's talking to these people, um, and what he's going to be talking about, he's going to be talking about food. He's going to be talking about all kinds of different things uh, uh, that have may not make any sense to you, but here's the deal. We all have idols. Oh, no, I don't. Okay, you probably do. Paul's teaching these people about things that they should avoid, and he's teaching these people how they should allow God to lead them. So if you are here on 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 19, or on your phone or in your Bible, um, let's, let's look at this together. What am I trying to say? Am I saying that food offered to idols has some significance or that idols are real gods? No, not at all. I am saying that these sacrifices are offered to demons, not to God, and I don't want to, you to participate um, with demons. Now, here's the deal. He's talking about the idols uh, being, being not God, which they are not. And he's talking about eating food that is offered to these idols. Now, this leads us to the number one, number one hardest thing that we're going to talk about this morning. You ready? legalism anything what's that in church I'll show you if you're the pastor or you go and attempt to love people like God wants you to do legalism doesn't exist it is not about keeping score it's about God's grace and his mercy it is not about legalism it is, because if it is if it is we, we, need, we, we have to kick legalism across the road. We, we, you can't operate in, in, I don't sin as bad as they do. That makes me better. Actually, I would probably ask you to check your pride because you're probably not as good as you think you are. And I'm not being smart, Alec, here. I'm just saying that what he's doing is he's talking about these idols, but what we have to talk about is the point, in fact, that he's saying, listen, I'm not talking to you about what you need to do and what you should do, and if this is wrong or this is wrong. He said, I'm telling you that legalism has gone because Jesus died on the cross. We have grace. We have mercy. Um, we take in, in, any evangelical church that takes communion, Lord's Supper, Eucharist, whatever you want to call it, um, these people, when we, when we do that here, we have the bread represent the body and the, the juice represents the blood. Okay, That's what it, that's what it does. And when we take that, it's a reminder to us of what Jesus did. Keep in mind, he's talking to people. Listen, this is, these are brand new. These are brand new people hearing the gospel. Jesus has not been crucified for very many years. And Paul is already in Corinth talking about these, the, the, to these people. Okay, So they are hearing, some for the first time, that they can even have salvation. Before, before this, there was no hope. If, unless you were Jewish, you, had, you really didn't have any hope. Okay, So... What he's looking at here is uh, well, these people would take, uh, the people that were, that were worshiping God would sacrifice an animal. And in some, of the, in some of the offerings, they were allowed to eat portions of that sacrificed meat or animal. As they did that, that made them right, in right standing for, remember we talked about this, for a certain time until they had to sacrifice another animal. Okay, some of you are saying, I needed a zoo at my house for a number of animals that I need to sacrifice. I get it. 
Uh, but but we, we, we have to understand that this, this, new, this new covenant with Jesus on this side, he was our sacrifice. And instead of, instead of being forgiven for a little while, folks, let me tell you something. Like this, this needs to go through your head every day. But if you've asked Jesus Christ to come into your life and save you and you have a relationship with him, and he, is, he has saved you, there's no going back. He got you. And it's not going to go away. It doesn't matter how you feel. I've felt unsaved before. You ever felt that way? God, there's no possible way that you can ever forgive me of this. So being a pastor or being a member of this church needs to look like this. Somebody comes in, you have no idea what, I'm done, what I've done. It doesn't, I'm not, I'm not listening. I don't need to know. But I do know Jesus. And I, knew, and I do know that he paid the price for that. And I know that... I'm not going to get all messed up on being legal. Well, no, you need to quit this before. Listen, Jesus did not come to you on your brightest, sunshiny day, and you had it all together. If people come to Christ after they get everything together, there will never be another saved person on the planet Earth. The good thing, the good news about the gospel is we bring Jesus our pieces, and he puts us back together. It's not the other way around. You don't come to Jesus already. Everything's fine. So he keeps going on with this legalism speech in verse 21. You cannot drink from the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons too. You cannot eat at the Lord's table and the table of demons too. What? Do we dare to rouse the Lord's jealousy? Do we think we are stronger than he is? Note to self, if you, if you like winning conversations and arguments, do not get in an argument with God. Not going to work. Oh, I've tried. I've tried. doesn't work. So what's he saying here? can't drink from the cup of the Lord and from the cup of the demons too. There's a piece of scripture that Jesus says uh, there, there cannot be fresh water and salt water come from the same spout. That means this. You can only go one direction in life. You can't go two. So God says you can go one direction at a time. You can go towards me or you can go away. Okay, there can't be both. And the problem with that is this. I'm going to get really personal with some of you and I'm going to tell you that I've done it too. So here's the deal. Some of you this morning... are going through so much and you think you have to carry it all. So you got up this morning and said, man, I'm going to church today around people that, you know, I go to church with these people. I have to look my best. And you put this, you put this mask on. I'm not talking about makeup. You put this mask on that when you walk around and you you come to talk with somebody and say, hey, how was your week? You say, oh, it was fine. That is the number one tell with anybody that I ask about their week. How's your week? Fine. No, it wasn't. Don't lie. Revelation 21.8 says no lying, right? That's a sin. So when we come in here, you have to understand that it's difficult to be a church-like connection that, that encompasses loving everyone because it's okay to not be okay here. And when you finally understand that you can take that mask off and I can show people as much as I can for safety reasons, I say, this is, this is Matt and this is, this is how real I am. I struggle with this, I struggle with this, I get mad. I, I'm not the best husband in the world. I'm not the best dad in the world. I strive to be, but I'm not. And I, I hate that. I want to be better. So he's talking about you can go one way or the other. And some of us, some of us maybe even this morning, we're, we're looking like the, the girl in the video, and we said, God, I have just asked you and asked you and asked you and asked you and asked you to change, to change the situation, to answer this prayer. Uh, the problem is, uh, you may be in a season of waiting, and I'm telling you right now, that's not any fun. There's not anybody in here that's done that will, that will tell you that's fun. But we want instant stuff. We think that we go to the, we go to the gym for two or three days, and we should, be, we should be getting, you know, like 19 and a half, 20-inch biceps. Listen, you're going to get that with genetics, steroids, and a lot of different things, okay? But you're not going to get, you're, that's not going to happen that fast, okay? None of these professional athletes woke up one day and said, hey, I think I'll play professional basketball. I've never played basketball before in my life. It didn't happen, okay? So we have to, we have to wait. We have, well, and while we wait, we have to, oh, this is fun, worship. We have to worship on a God that we know that can answer us, but we know that we're in a season of waiting. Joy, right? That's like being really hungry, and it's a cheat day on your diet, and you get like a double Whopper at at Burger King, and they say, can you please pull up? No, I want my food, bro. (laughs) Right? (laughs) I waited a long time. This is the only cheat meal that I get this week. I would like a double Whopper with everything on it. And I said, well, we're going to cook that for you fresh. Now, so I know some of you are special. and you're, Oh, I just have the most patience when I go. No, you don't. No, you don't. 
Not when you're hungry, not when you're getting a double whopper with everything on it, okay? You're just not. <laughs> some, some of you are cool with waiting for a double whopper, but if I can get between you and your Reese's, we'll have problems, right? See, we have some people there telling the truth. So the Lord is jealous. He talks about this. Do we dare arouse the Lord's, the Lord's jealousy? How can God be good and loving and be jealous? Exodus 20, verse 3. These are not called the Ten Suggestions. They're called the Ten Commandments. God says very first, and he says this, and I quote, You shall not have any other gods before me. End of conversation. God is a jealous God. He deserves everything. When you think about everything that God's done for you, yeah, he deserves everything that we can give him. He deserves more than that. So in verse, in verse 23, uh, he goes on, and Paul's talking. He says, you say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. You say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. Don't be concerned for your own good, but for the good of others. This is awesome. This is hard. I know people that say that they can do things, and the only explanation they say is, I have freedom in Christ to do so. Okay, time out. Yes, you do have freedom in Christ because you're a follower of Jesus. But Paul also goes on later in this very verse. And he says, be concerned uh, for your own good, but for, not for your own good, but for the good of others. We can't be stumbling blocks. That's a sin. That is, okay? It, it, it is. And I'm not going to talk about anything that, that, that is gonna go, that's going on right now. But I'm just telling you this. My dad and my grandpa had a really good saying about this. I'm not saying that I've followed this my whole life, okay? And I'm, I'm sure that they haven't. But they said a really good idea is if you can't do something in church, it's probably not worth doing. Hmm. Cuts out about 68% of our life, doesn't it? <laughs> that's pretty hard to hear. See, we... we not everything is beneficial. It's okay. Do I have the freedom in Christ to go knock out three double whoppers? I don't know if I eat that much. But if I, heck yeah. Yeah, Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ strengthens me. I can eat all three of these things. That is taking scripture out of context and lying in the same thing. Okay, so, so but I have the freedom to do so. Is it beneficial for my body? No, it's not. I know, how my, I know how I can lose weight, by the way. I just want to keep track with you. I weigh tomorrow. I'm feeling uh, really good. And I'm um, just continuing on my diet. I've not eaten any Easter eggs yet. Anyway, um, uh, <laughs> but, we, but it's, it's, not everything is beneficial. In our D group this week, we went over, had a really cool get-to-know-you page, and we were talking about different kinds of ice cream. I love ice cream. Love it. Chocolate chip mint. I eat by the gallons. Is it beneficial for me? No. Not only because it would cause me to gain weight, it's because I'm not, my body's not real good with ice cream if you get my drift. Okay? That may be, good, may be a good diet. I don't know, but that's not a good way. So we need to be concerned of how, of how, we, how we represent ourselves around other people. This is very hard. This is very, very difficult because we want to keep score. Well, I saw them. I didn't get a good look at their check, but I know they had a couple zeros on it, and we give more than them. Okay. Whoa. It's not how to keep score. It's how to show God's grace. Look at verse, look at verse, um, hang on, before we, before we leave this, if you are looking for a new Bible this year, like if you're looking for a new edition or just a different edition to read, I will highly suggest this Bible to you. I send, it, I send this out to anybody that asks me. The number one Bible that I recommend is this. It's in the New Living Translation, but it's the Life Application Bible. On the bottom, you have like scripture up here, and it's like this much reading as background information. Now, I want to show you what it says about these verses because it's, it's phenomenal. It says this. It's a quote from this Bible, the study part. Some actions may not be wrong, but they may not be in the best interest of others. We have freedom in Christ, but we shouldn't exercise our freedom at the cost of hurting another Christian brother or sister. It's wonderful. We shouldn't do something that causes someone else to stumble. Um, that's wrong. Look at verse 25. So you may eat any meat that is sold in the marketplace. This is a really big deal. I'm going to show you in a minute. You can eat any meat that's sold in the marketplace without raising questions of conscience. This is God raising the ban on bacon. This is a good day. My youngest daughter, Lydia, asked for two things at the top of her list. For Christmas. This is Christmas. It's not baby alive. She got one of those. It's not baby alive. It's not anything that does this. Bacon and pickles. This is my child. That's, that's awesome. She's eight. She's already got a priority straight. 
But this is where, this is where God says, listen, you can eat this. Pigs were always, they were always considered unclean. The Jewish people couldn't eat them. They had cloven hooves. There's a whole bunch of different rules. Okay. If you want to read about rules, just read Leviticus. Okay. <laughs> It'll get you with the rules. Um, but it says this, Paul says these things. Hey, you can eat anything that's sold in the marketplace without raising questions. God's lifted the ban on, on piggies. That's great. That's bacon, all right? It says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. By the way, something I don't think that we recognize very well is God gave us the greatest playground that he's ever given anyone in the history of the universe. We have this huge playground called earth. Do you know what he wants us to, you to do? He wants you to enjoy it. And if you want to enjoy it by going to... Bonnie Cafe every Wednesday night, fine. If you want to enjoy it by going to New Zealand, fine. If you, God says, I want, you, I want you to love and, just, and live in this awesome place that I gave you. That, that, that hammers down a point that we went over last, year, last week that you're special. God did not create this earth for animals. He created it for you. Animals live here. We're in charge of them. So um, Paul's speaking against uh, something that can cause... A lot of hardships in people. And the hardships... I'm going to give you an example. I wasn't planning on doing this, but I want to give you an example. And I can be as open as I can. I will not mention any names, but here's, here's the deal. Do you know why many, many of the people around us have a history in our community, have a history, like a family history, of going to church? Okay, they, they do. We're, we live in kind of a Bible Belt area. Somebody that you walk by in Kroger probably has some acknowledgement about being in a church at some time in their life. Here's the problem. Like them, I have been insanely hurt by people in the church that I went to. Not here. But I have been burnt very badly. That, that causes a lot of people to never come back. Okay? And most of the time that I can look back, legalism got in the way. Ah, we need to do this because, because our family did that. I'm like, holy cow. Remember love. Remember mercy. Christ before me. Christ behind me. When you, when you say that you're going to love everyone, listen, I don't care if you came in and you got up at 4. Look, I'm not trying to be smart here. I don't care if you got up at 4 a.m. and you've already smoked a carton of cigarettes before you got here. I could care less. I, I, I would hope that maybe... Maybe you could slow down. Maybe you could quit. Uh, I don't, I, listen, I don't, I don't care. I don't care. We have, that's on our website. I don't care if you spent all of your money at the casino last night. See, we're not, we're not under, we don't, it doesn't matter where you come from. We're interested highly in where you are going. Because the gospel is good news and it's not changed. Jesus is still on the throne. This is an election year. I've, been, I've already been asked. Matt, are you going to preach about, about how we should vote? No. No, I don't care if you vote blue, red, you should vote. I don't care if you vote. Did you know, if you do this study, you can find out Mickey Mouse gets all kinds of write-in votes for the presidential election every single election time, every single time. It shows how much people take it serious, I guess. But no, I'm not going to, no, I'm no, I'm not going to do that. Here's the deal. Whoever's going to be president is going to be president. Jesus Christ is still my king, period, period. Because listen, if we're, if we're really honest, there's not anyone that's done more for you. There's not anybody in the history of the world that's done more for you than Jesus. He's who we should follow. And when we follow him, remember love, remember mercy. That song did not say, well, remember the time and remember the time. <laughs> look, at ver- or look at the worship handout. This is really, this is really hard at your next point. Ho, 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 ho. Now, we are talking about love in February. And I am trying, for real, to bring back as many 90s love songs as I can for, like, pre-sermon. I really want to break out. What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. <laughs> Some of you are like, oh, that's, in my, that's not in my head forever. But what? Do I need to change how I love people? This is a big deal. We have some of the most loving, generous, absolutely just adoring, loving people in this church. They, and... and from all of them and how they love people, not one time on all of them have I ever read this. I've never went on their Facebook and saw, look what I did today. It's not about that. 
They have humility. Sometimes I get excited because they will talk to me about doing something for someone else, and I get to kind of know in on the secret, but then then I have the secret that I can't ever tell. But we have people that give. Do I need to change how I love people? Some of us are still asking that question. What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. You know the song? Don't hurt me. See? It's great. We'd have a karaoke Sunday. That would be awesome. So, <laughs> I love those songs. Anyway, <sighs> am I loving them? This is the problem. Am I, this is the hard part. Am I loving them the way that Jesus wants me to? The number one person that I thought about how I love like that's my wife, Mary. The Bible is very, very strong, very strong, very direct and guided at husbands about how we should love them. Read that scripture with a friend of mine one time. It says that that husbands are to love their wives like Jesus loved the church. He goes, man, you got a cool church building. That's not hard. He goes, you know, love the church, love your wife, cool. I said, do you know what Jesus did for the church? He died. And it wasn't, that wasn't the sacrificial, I'm going to give up my life for my wife. But I have to put her ahead of me in how I love her. And I also, in February, we're going to learn some of this. Maybe you don't know any of this. You need to learn to love people how they need to be loved. We talk about this with our college students and, and in, our, in our connect groups actually quite a bit. Um, just because it's, 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 it's not a way that people, that, I mean, they're not letting me into anything that's... That, that's private or anything, but like I know that there's a couple people here at church that they they are physical touch people. So I will like shake their hand and I will give them a hug every Sunday, every Sunday because I know I know that's how they feel love. See, the physical touch is not just intimacy, but do you you need to learn how to love people. I can tell you right now, my wife comes home and I have done the dishes. I get to watch whatever I want to on the TV. Because she knows how much I despise dishes. I think they should all be shot or burnt. I do not do any in between. I think, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. If, in heaven, the dishes probably self-wash themselves. That would be awesome. So, whatever. But we, I have to find ways. My, my, my wife likes quality time, and she likes words of affirmation. So, I, I find times that I leave notes for her, or I, I know. Oh, I know. I'm a pretty good husband. I'm just saying. I'm just kidding. I fall. I fail so much, but I try because I want her to understand how much I love her. We tell our girls every day, we all the, all the time that that Mary is my special girl, and and I am her special boy. And any of the youth that are in this room right now that have ever heard me speak on this topic, I will use two words: don't settle. Not Sarah or Jason. I was waiting for a long time to use that. <laughs> don't settle. Their last name is Settle if you don't know. Okay, so we, 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 sometimes we settle for other things that just come quicker. And we do that a lot when we're having a season of, of waiting as well. Look at verse 27 and 28. If someone who isn't a believer asks you home for dinner, accept the invitation if you want to. Eat whatever is offered to you without raising questions of conscience. Jesus has a, they have a, there's, a, there's a story in scripture that Jesus meets this woman from Samaria and she's a, she's a Samaritan woman and a Jewish person and a Samaritan woman would never talk, let alone a, a man and a woman. Especially a Jewish man and a Samaritan woman would never talk. This lady comes to the, to the, to the well in the middle of the day because in the middle of the day is the worst heat and she would know she would probably be alone because the lady had multiple marriages and she was living with a guy that wasn't her husband now and you can imagine that they, she was probably called some of the same names that we have heard other people called or we've said ourselves about other people in this world today and she comes to that she comes to that well Jesus knew that she was going to be here be there it was absolutely on purpose he sends the disciples to go get some food and he goes to this lady and he says I know that I know that you're not married I know that you've had other marriages And I know that you live this lifestyle, but I also want you to know that I've forgiven you of your sin. This is the cool part. He loved her where she was. He loved her for who she was. And then when he, what he said to go do, she did. She goes back and she, the Bible, the Bible says that she tells everybody that she comes in contact with what this man has done. 
He's told her her whole past. He's forgiven her of her sin. And the problem with that is some of the people that she was talking to were some of the people that were calling her those names. How bad would that sting? You know, if, if someone who isn't a believer asks you home for dinner, Jesus didn't... Listen. He's saying legalism's out the window here, people. It, doesn't, it does not matter. Like, we, we, we get so caught up in keeping score that we forget grace, we forget love, and we... We forget that we may have been a mess ourselves earlier in life. I, I, can't, I can't forget from where I've come from. I'm not talking Albion. I'm talking spiritually and emotionally. I can't forget. I'm not glorifying my past, but I don't, I don't need to forget everywhere that God's brought me from. Because I, I, see, I see how God's been working in my life. In verse 28, but suppose someone tells you this meat was offered to an idol. Well, don't eat it. Out of consideration for the uh, conscience of the one uh, who told you? So he's saying, you know, it's, it's, it's up to you. There's some things that are beneficial. There's some things that aren't. In verse 29, he says this. He goes on. It might be a matter of conscience for you, but it is for the other person. For why should my freedom be limited by someone else's, what someone else thinks? If I can thank God for the food and enjoy it, then why, or why should I be condemned for eating it? Here's the, here's the thing. He says all of this about food to say this. Don't be a stumbling block to other people. Don't do things... That even, even if it's okay, it's not beneficial for other people to do. Um, and, and here's the reason why. If, you, if, you're, if you're seen, and I'm not saying that ever, nobody's not guilty of this, but if, you, if you're seeing these young guys here, okay, our youth group, they're not all here today, but these, these guys have, have serious, serious, serious potential that they don't even know about yet. And I'm being for real. They have a lot of potential. Um, my actually my prayer for the youth group that includes my daughter currently I prayed that one day we will send um, some of those youth that graduate college and maybe are married that we send them to the corners of the earth to share the gospel how can you do that that's your daughter that's my job that's our job we raise these kids up but in order for them to ever be able to go do that this is what they have to do they have to mature and what can stunt people's spiritual growth is seeing them Seeing another person at church, they get hurt. Okay, you see what I mean? They see somebody do something that they don't think is beneficial, and you can you can be a stumbling block, and you can hurt the growth process of a person. Okay, I'm not talking about being six two. I'm talking about I'm talking about being more mature as a Christian. So you have to understand when and where that needs to happen. Um, what if we got as excited about church as we did the upcoming election? I'm just going to leave that there. I'll tell you, I can tell you the. I can tell you what happened. Um, there's not a. There's not enough churches in this county. If they ran five services for everybody that would come to church, we wouldn't have. A, we wouldn't have a parking space open. We'd have to use the back grass like we do sometimes when it's not wet. We we put our priorities in places that they don't need to be. Look at verse thirty one. He goes on. So whether you eat or drink, I love this verse. You ever had those verses that you can read over and over and over, and you're like, man, this is so good? So whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. 1 Corinthians 10.31. I don't care if you're a boss, if you're your own boss, if you're an employee, if you're a student, whatever you do. Here's the um, unbelievable, awesome thing about God's word. I don't know what college I'm supposed to go to. I don't know if I'm supposed to marry this boy or this girl or whatever. I don't, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I'm in this time of waiting and it, God does not make himself clear. Here's the deal. You ready? If everything that you do, whenever you eat or drink, whatever you do, if you do it all for the glory of God, your heart matches him. Your heart matches his heart. His heart matches your heart. Next week we're going to talk about the heart. In Psalms, if we talk about these, these, these things, and if you continue to do these things all for the glory of God, here's the cool thing. What God has for you, you can't miss. Because you're seeing with his eyes. Anthony Hallam came to me. Anthony used to play drums here. Matt, I just don't know. I said, Anthony, turn your Bible to 1 Corinthians 10.31. I already know what it says. Whether you drink, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And just... Just spat that verse out really quick. And I said, Anthony, what, what, are, you, what are you concerned about? I can't answer this question for you. Well, it just, th- this job, it, just, it, seems, it, just, it seems so like it's perfect. And I go, okay. 
I've never had a problem taking a job that seemed perfect. He goes, yeah, it's a little ways away from my family. I said, okay. I said, so what have you been doing? He goes, I've been going to school, and I've been, I've, I've been, I've been doing everything in my life to, to try to understand and grasp what God has for me. And he goes, he just keeps leading me back here. And he took the job. He finally said, he goes, I have peace about this. I'm going to take the job. Anthony doesn't play drums for us anymore. Uh, he teaches people that have had heart attacks um, how to surf. He lives in Honolulu, Hawaii. And we don't like him anymore. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It doesn't snow there, though. Anyway, 32 says, don't give offense to Jews or Gentiles or the church of God. Don't, don't, don't talk negatively about something that somebody else has good fortune about. Look at verse 33. I, too, try to please everyone in everything I do. I don't just do what is best for me. I do what is best for others so that they may be saved. Here's the deal. This is it. He's not being a codependent person and being a yes person to everyone. He's not being this multiple person. What he's saying is, he said, I become, in other places in the Bible, he says, I become all things to all people. We use we, we, we all have a hook, and that hook is, is Jesus, and, and Jesus gives us the bait. You're not going to catch too many fish, in my experience, if you have a, a bobber and a split shot, and you have a hook with no bait, and you just go out and run lake, and, all right, fish, just, just bite that hook. Just bite that. You know, I don't know if you know this, fish don't have a regular diet of hooks. They don't. <laughs> just saying that. You need bait. When you put a bait on it, it becomes more attractive. Now, whether you catch fish or not, that's your deal. All right? But you, they become attracted. So when we, when we use our house and our car and our, everything that we, de- that we have in the year 2020 so that we can show as many people the love of Christ as we can, this verse comes into play big time. You have, you have, you have bait. We need to meet people. And we need to love people right where they are, for who they are, they're God's creation. I don't know if you know that. Who they are, where they are, and whatever they've done. When we begin to meet people there, when we meet people... Now, I don't say that you have to agree with what they're doing. Not at all. But you do have to love them. Why? God says so. Period. End of story. We have, we have so much potential. That means, that means you, you have people over for coffee. I had a guy this week. This weekend called me. He wants to talk to me about something. And I said yes to the meeting. Do you know what he said before this? Hey, Matt, if you're not busy at this certain time, come to Starbucks. I'll buy you coffee. I am said, I'm there. I don't even know what the meeting's about. I, I do know what the meeting's about. But see, he, we, we need to use opportunities like that and with the sole purpose to bring up Jesus. The whole purpose is to bring up Jesus. The whole purpose is to teach them of what God has done for them. Look at the, look at the next blank. We, we have two blanks and we're, and we're done. Am I doing what I can to spread the gospel? For some of you, I want you to, I want you to do this. And some of you have been doing this for a little while because you told me. If you, if you want to, if you want to take this challenge, I'm, 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 I'm asking you to. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. I want you to write down the name of one person that you know that does not know Jesus Christ as their Savior. And all year, I want you to pray with them, asking God for the opportunity of the Holy Spirit to guide you to have that conversation with them that you can bring up Jesus and that they would be saved. I said, that doesn't work. Hudsonville, Illinois. Anybody ever been there? Population 600. Big town. <laughs> we ran 75 people in a church plant. The pastor of that church had a vision that that God wanted to see more of Hudsonville saved. It was very un... It wasn't a reached area. There's only 600 people. But we had seven, 75 people. And the whole year we prayed for 75... We were running 75. We prayed for 75 people to get saved in that calendar year. 75. 75. God didn't save 75 people. He saved 76. Listen, I'm telling you, we talked about this on Wednesday. Prayer is the most powerful tool that we have. When you pray expecting that God is going to hear you and he's going to answer you, that he'll give you an opportunity, folks, he will. He will. The first guy that we saw saved was at a youth revival. He was 71 years old. 71. So if you did that math really quick, we went from 75 to 150. We were now running 25% of the population of the town in church. 
God is good. We needed more workers. God sent them. If you want to work and serve here, you come and talk to me. I mean, I'm not, I'm not joking about that at all. Uh, look at the last one. The last blank. Which way am I going? We just, need a self, we, just need a, we need a self-check. Am I going towards God? Am I going away from God? Am I doing what God wants me to do? Or am I still struggling in some stuff? Hey, listen. I struggle with stuff every day. Get past that. Okay? Am I getting better? Which way am I going? Am I, am I, am I this person at church? Am I this person... I've spent enough of my time, if I can just be honest with you, I've spent enough of my time playing different people. I've spent enough time doing all that nonsense and being different people. Listen, this world needs to see a church and needs to see a group of people that says, I don't care what you've been through. I love you because I love you. I love you where you are. And I, and I, would love, you, and I will love you out of it. I'll help you. I'll walk beside you. Because it's often people that God uses to go beside those people to start a relationship that God can use them to share with them about Jesus and save their life. So which am I going? Which way am I going? Who's your person? If you don't have a person, I'll give you one. Ready? His name is John. I'm not quitting praying. I'm not. This year in May will be 19 years that I pray for him. I refuse to give up. I refuse. I refuse to stop praying for my friend who needs Jesus. His name is John. J-O-H-N. His last name is McCarroll. Don't stalk him on Facebook. <laughs> Don't send him a link at this podcast, whatever. Just pray for him. He needs Jesus. And you have those people too. Which way are you going? We're keeping score? Or we're going to seek grace and mercy and love let's pray god we love you we are so humbled uh, god with the people that that come here the people that love us um, because you love us and god we thank you for the ability to come here and worship we thank you for the people uh, that have come the people that are serving in the back and with our kids uh, the people that clean the bathrooms and, and clean the floors god we just we just we just want to say thank you god and many of us wrote down names. We have those names on our hearts or in our minds. Uh, God, I pray for a specific one that was mentioned to me after church. Uh, God, that is even involved in a different uh, non-messianic religion. And God, I ask that you give strength to that man to share with that other man about who Jesus is. And God, I pray for the names that we have on our papers and on our hearts right now. God, that you would help us to keep praying and that we could be the hands and feet of your son. It's in the name of your son that we pray. Amen.